Hey, all you nostalgic student senators. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. Can I ask you something about your novice status, Kendra? Oh, you may. I yes. know you always like to point out when we have a guest, and I say you're both novices, and you say, uh-uh-uh. I'm wondering, how do you think you rate now on the first five seasons? Because Well, what are the levels? It's yeah. like novice, intermediate. I guess so. Padawan, uh, I think, is maybe yeah. in there. Ooh, Padawan. <laughs> I like that. Because while you've only seen the first five seasons once... Most people who watch it don't have an hour plus discussion on every tiny little point. So yeah, I think novice is is too. I think we do we do need to figure out a new word. Hmm. I don't mm-hmm. feel like a novice. But but you each episode we do you're watching for the first time. It's true. I don't know. These these are the questions that keep me up at night. But <laughs> did I already say that I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all? Uh, you did not. Okay. Well, I am. Great. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioVeedwell.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Season 5, Episode 11. Hate is just a four-letter word. Kendra, it's nice to have just a easy, breezy, laid-back episode. You know? Yeah, you know. Just kick up. Not much happening. Yeah. No, uh, no friendships are tested. Smooth. Smooth yeah. sailing. It's great. All right, let's uh, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards, professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired on November sixteenth, nineteen ninety four. We always start with birthdays. Mm-hmm. November twenty second. Dacry, is that how you say that name? Your guess is as good as mine, sister. I don't All know. Right, let's go with Dacry Montgomery, Billy Hargrove on Stranger Things and slash Jason Scott in the 2017 Power Rangers movie, mm-hmm. as I'm sure everyone sure. knows, yeah. uh, was, uh, was born. Yeah. There's finally a release date for the next season of Stranger Things. Not until 2022, but it's out there now. Billy is the brother. Uh-huh. It's like mean mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. For most of the Lifeguard. Time. Lifeguard Billy. Yeah. The lifeguard. Yeah. yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was born when this episode <laughs> dropped. So. Ugh, he's younger than me. That that makes me sad. <laughs> it's gonna keep happening, Kendra. Because I'm old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I get it. I get it. Uh, and one death to mention: November 18th, Cab Calloway, an American jazz singer, dancer, band leader, and actor, passed away. Mm-hmm. Movie-wise, three movies to mention on November 18th. The first one is Star Trek Generations. Love it. I remember seeing this in theaters. This is the. The one this is the Kirk Picard when they're Kirk together. Picard. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Man, I need to rewatch it because I remember yeah. having I remember liking it. You should. But I really can't tell you anything that happens. Is this the one where they're on a ship in the beginning? <laughs> I mean they're always on a ship. It's called the Enterprise. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. They're yeah, on I know a what you mean. Yes. When it transitions to the next gen timetable, Worf is getting promoted and they're doing it like they're a naval vessel. Yeah. Okay. So I remember that part. Yeah. The Swan Princess. I put that in here for you. I love it. I know. I was actually so shocked good. to learn that there was not a Nostalgia Me This episode about the Swan Princess. Yeah, you know, we had a lot we wanted to do. Yeah. We, just, you yep. know, we didn't get to everything. That's, but, yeah. Uh, I do love the Swan Princess. I know. I, I watched it so often growing up and would quote it 
all the time. I still the sing the practice practice song. Do you know sing. that they're still making those movies? Yeah. Yeah, like there's a bunch of them now. There are. Yeah. I haven't seen. I don't think any of the. Well, uh, that sounds like a podcast in the making, right there. There we go. Uh, and lastly, Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Such a stupid movie. Classic. Classic. Have you, that's where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. I'm not even kidding around. Sure. That's the plot of that sure. movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is Danny DeVito the baby? He's. A- <laughs> Oh man! Oh, if only we could have a time machine. Oh, how could they miss that? How could they miss that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, on TV, November nineteenth, Spider-Man: The Animated Series debuted on oh, Fox. I loved it. I loved it. And also November nineteenth, the TV film How the West Was Fun with the Olsen twins. Yes. Uh, which was featured on episode six of Nostalgia Me This. Oh, I knew there was an Olsen back. twin. I knew there was an oh, Olsen yeah. twin episode. Oh, yeah. I think that was one of the first ones. Number six? I ever picked. Yeah. yeah. You had um, to. You had to. Because uh, I was the biggest Mary Kate Ashley fan. Mm-hmm. And music-wise, November 15th, Frank Sinatra released his final album called Duets 2. It won the 1995 Grammy for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Performance, Sinatra's last competitive Grammy award. I always kind of forget that Frank Sinatra was still active, like, into the 90s. That's kind of jarring to think that, like, Frank Sinatra is releasing albums in the 90s. What? Yeah, Frank Sinatra and Nirvana are releasing at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Well, Kendra, in 2020, Mark Damon Espinoza appeared as Michael in the film Paper Tiger. After premiering at the Austin Film Festival on October 23, 2020, the film won the festival's Audience Award and a mention from the jury. Continuing its festival run, Paper Tiger was awarded Best in Show and Best Narrative Feature Awards at the 2021 Fargo Film Festival. So Mark Damon Espinoza. Here's another movie. Keeping it got. active. Yes. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at our synopsis for hate is just a four-letter word. Every time I read that, I think of the song, Hate is a Strong Word, But I Really, Really, Really Don't Like You, mm. by, uh, I think that's Plain White Tees that sing that song. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it's it. A good song. It's fine. So here's our synopsis. Dylan is on the mend, and his dealer is telling him to keep quiet or else. Meanwhile, Valerie flushes his stash and bonds with Iris. Kelly's modeling career heats up when they suggest putting her on the cover of Seventeen magazine. Ooh. At CU, student politics heat up when a controversial speaker is scheduled to appear on campus. His past anti-Semitic comments spark protests across campus, particularly from groups of Jewish students. Brandon is looking for the path of least resistance due to his tenuous hold on the presidency, putting him at odds with Andrea. David struggles with his own Jewish identity, and Donna throws a sad 25th birthday party for Ray. Yep. You know what cracks me up? Iris apparently just likes everyone but Kelly. Like, she's all on Team Valerie instantly. She loves Brenda, but Kelly, she's like, get out of here, Kelly. All right, know. Who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by Richard Golentz, directed by Les Landau. There's another Star Trek uh, connection. Les Landau directed a lot of Next Gen. 
many recurring players coming back. We have Stephanie Beecham as Iris McKay, Judd Allen as Rush Sanders, Ryan Brown as Morton Muntz, Bess Meisler as Grandma Rose. This is her, this actress's second appearance. It's the third appearance of Grandma Rose because she was first portrayed by Lady Kazan. Well, you're only going to see her one more time, Kendra, so don't get your hopes up. F.J. Rio is back as Alex Diaz. We have the final appearance of Kristen Dalton as Jamie Young in a completely pointless role. We oh, have. She keeps pop, popping up and looking so like judged. Yeah, and lo- I'm like, is something happening with this character? No. No. Uh, okay. Final appearance of John Grise as the dope dealer. So. Thank you. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. And this one blew my mind, Kendra. I think it's going to make you sad. We had our final appearance of Cress Williams as Deshaun Hardell. And oh. I'm like, what? Oh. I hope that's wrong. I hope that's wrong. But that's dumb. Yeah. And I guess I don't remember anything else. I just assumed when we're doing graduation-y stuff, Deshaun would be around, but I think that's it. I don't know why. I don't know. I wish they would have pulled the trigger on him and Donna. I really, I would have much more been into oh that. Oh, my goodness. I was looking at articles people have written about this, and I found a blog where someone was like, Deshaun is great. David is stupid. Uh-huh. I like Donna and Deshaun together. Yep. yep. Really I agree. Funny. I agree with that. All right, we have some new recurring players. We have Natalie Belson as Janice Williams. She appeared as Denise in a 1992 episode of Melrose Place and would go on to be in shows like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Diagnosis Murder, and Spin City. Greg Daniel is making the first of several appearances as Dean Whitmore. He played Reverend Daniels on True Blood, Judge Marland on General Hospital, and appeared on shows like Lois and Clark, ER, and Star Trek Voyager. Uh, we got a couple of one-offs here, and that is John Keane as Noah Levy. Uh, he was in Days of Days of Our Lives and Clueless. He directed two documentaries, 2007 Swimming in Auschwitz and 2017's After Auschwitz. We have France Turner as Roland Turner. So uh, we're I think that this is supposed to be a Louis Farrakhan-esque I think, yeah, character. I think uh, and we really, we only see him on, the, on a videotape. Like, mm-hmm. we only see, like, a pre-recorded thing. So kind of a weird, weird role here. But... He played Ben Gilliard on King of Queens and has done extensive TV work uh, before and after this episode. Finally, we have Judy Ann Elder as Nora. She's probably best known for taking over the role of Harriet in the final season of Family Matters, but she also recurred on Mad About You and Martin. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. shall, we, shall we get into the episode? Yes. All right. Buckle in, folks. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a deep one. We start at the student union. Steve and Kelly are doing a walk and talk. Steve is, you know, ever the manager. Mm-hmm. And he keeps asking Kelly, oh, well, you know, do you do you need me to negotiate your contract for this modeling gig you're doing? And Kelly's like, no, it's, it's just they want me to be an average student mm-hmm. doing average college things. It's a one-off. This is not a career. So just calm down. Rush is in the student union and he's talking with the gang. Going over football plays and things. Yeah. Yes. Is that day. And the keg house is in it to win it. Brandon arrives and says goodbye to Steve as he and Kelly walk to a Senate meeting. We were just saying we never see this. Brandon's the president. Apparently so. And he says, oh, this is going to take two seconds. I've just, you know, no one comes to these. I just Mm -hmm. have to go in, bang the gavel, and, you know, it's all a formality at this point. But he opens the door to reveal a room full of people. Mm -hmm. 
who are arguing, and the first argument we hear is someone saying, I'm not a racist, and yeah. Alex saying, you are a racist. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Brandon's like, oh, well, this isn't going to take two seconds, is it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get the intro. After the intro, we are at Andrea's house, but Grandma Rose is there. I think, I think so. I think I think Grandma yeah, Rose Andrea's is like babysitting. House. Yeah, yeah. Babysitting Hannah. And she makes a comment here that the ba- that Hannah looks like someone else in their family. I didn't write down the name, but someone who died in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that comment becomes more relevant. As, it certainly does. Yeah. As the episode goes on. The Senate meeting. They are watching a video of... Turner. Roland Turner, yep. Roland Turner, and he is making a speech, a, a an anti-Semitic speech, sure. yeah, basically about uh-huh. how Jewish people are doing all these things, uh-huh. pulling like behind the, the scenes and like pulling all the strings and yeah, yeah, yeah. So Noah Levy is part of the Jew, like he's the head of the yeah, Maccabees. it's the Maccabees Society, I think is what it was called, Something like that. And he is saying that they don't want Roland Turner to come and speak at the Black Student Union mm-hmm. because of these anti-Semitic comments. The Black Student Union, headed by Janice, is saying, we're paying for it. Right. You really don't have a say over what we can, who we can bring in to speak and who we can't. Yeah. Um, and so that's the argument that's going on mm-hmm. brandon basically says we're gonna table this we're not gonna vote on it we're tabling it till tomorrow at two yeah um, and alex by the way is on the side of the black student union and he's just kind of stirring things up yeah. just to get brandon he seems to be trying to make everyone mad yeah you know mm-hmm. and the funny thing here with brandon is that i don't think he made the wrong call you can't vote on I mean, you can't just make a decision. Like, he walked into the room not knowing anything about this. You can't just call for a vote to make a decision. So I think he was right to table it, but I think he did it more for a cowardly reason than, like, a, I must think about this. Yeah. So I sort yeah. of feel like, even though Alex is sort of presented to be, like, Brandon's foil, his antagonist, he's kind of not wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. That Brandon is kind of... And Brandon does go and call the chancellor. He says I know, like... he's like, oh, well, he's got to go call the chancellor. And, and that's exactly what hard cut to Brandon going to call the chancellor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Nick, you've worked on a college campus. I sure have. I've been a college student. Uh-huh. I don't think college students can make decisions about these kinds of things. Like, I think they can say, we want to invite this person to speak, but I think ultimately it is the administration's decision, right? I feel like, you know, if it was like a student club or a student group, there's always a faculty advisor that has to be right. like in on those decisions. But I don't know. I could see it getting this far that they could they could invite a, a guest. Well, there's no faculty in no, the No, there's no faculty present. Yeah. And I feel like there would be in real life. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think there would be in the in the sessions like that. But I mean, it is. It's it's all very high stakes. Who were on like student senate, where I went to college? Maybe Nerd. I should like reach out to them and yeah. be like, hey, do some research. Brandon <laughs> needs real? to. Lord knows, Brandon needs to. I know. Well, the next scene is at the hospital, 
and Iris is still there with Dylan, mm-hmm. and he wakes up. She's there, says he's been moved into a private room. She would prefer it be a room with a four. Yeah, because that's just going to line him up a lot better. Yeah, that, that'll be good for his mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. She says that Valerie has been around a lot. She keeps coming to, to check on him, though I don't think she's been in the room, but she's, you know, keeps stopping. Yeah, by she's been in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Then Jamie is there. Jamie, you'll remember, is the nurse. She's a med student. Med student, thank you. And she wants to talk to him. She's doing studies on dreams. Yeah. And she wants to talk to him about what he dreamed while he was unconscious. Right. And she is so, like, her hair is just, like, va Oh, yeah, yeah. And they show her like she's a going to be this big character, mm-hmm. but she's not. No, I don't know. If I that's... wonder if there was something that was cut. I kind of or... wonder. I kind of wonder that too, because to have her come back is really strange. Because you don't yeah. have any of the other characters, and it doesn't go forward. So mm-hmm. I maybe they were trying something, and we're like, bah, pass. Yeah. Well, Dylan says he just shuts it down. Yeah. He says I didn't dream anything. Right. He has a, a few flashbacks that we see like for a second. Mm-hmm. And he's and like I don't remember. Says, I can't remember anything. I don't remember. Continue. I remember how he laid there like rolling his eyes back in his head for 45 minutes in the previous episode. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yes I do. Good. Just making sure. Back on campus Brandon immediately as we said went and called the Chancellor. Gotta call the him. The Chancellor is out. He's off campus. He's traveling. Yeah. But he spoke with Dean Tremble and spoke with uh, the chancellor on the phone, and they decided that the administration won't get involved until after the Senate votes. votes. Yeah, which I think makes sense. I think yeah, I think that does make sense. It, the little continuity thing that bothers me. I think it's crazy that we don't have any callbacks to the protest about the dictator who was on campus like what yes. three episodes ago. Yeah, it's a very similar dynamic mm-hmm. in that. There's a whole thing about, like, students resisting a speaker being brought to campus. And so, like, it's weird not to be like, ah, I can't believe we're right back. We're, you know, it's just a nod. It is. It also seems weird to do this storyline when you just did that as well. I agree. Yeah. So, it just, I don't know. It seems like a And you don't really have any, it's not like a further test for Brandon. It's just the same thing again. I, yeah. This is a better episode. Like, this yeah. all actually makes sense, where the other one right. made zero sense, but it's <laughs> right, still, yeah. we're, we're redoing the same thing. Yeah. Kelly comments, and Brandon agrees, that Alex is just trying to make Brandon look bad before this, this vote that will decide if he's going to be the permanent president or if he is going to have to step down. Which is also a bit of information because it kind of seemed like the last time we were doing presidency stuff, it was kind of like, well, you're the president now, Brandon. So, yeah. and we kind of thought that was in the past, but now we're saying there's going to be a vote. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's a vote, apparently. By who? Then, then Kelly says, aren't you supposed to be at a football game? Which Brandon totally forgot about. He he gets, gets his clothes on, he runs to the game, but he's too late. Yeah. Game's over, and they they lost real bad. And I thought this was going to be a big fight, but Steve is kind of like, oh, that's all right. Like, yeah, we, not the, even part of the keg the, house. They just got, I mean, they got creamed. I think it was just yeah. like Brandon's presence would not have helped them in any way. Yeah. So Brandon and Steve and Munts are walking and talking about the game, but Steve is like, oh, I see the look in Brandon's eye. He is in political mode. Mm-hmm. And Brandon is because he sees Janice sitting at the union, and so he goes to talk with her. Mm-hmm. 
And so they have this discussion about, you know, Brandon is basically like his, his ideas are just so extreme. And Janice says, well, I wanted somebody else, but I, you know, it's a democracy and this yeah. is what people voted. So this is who we're bringing in. I wish Brandon's that they, so, sorry. I, no, I just, I wish that they would have taken a little bit more time to establish why they want this guy. Her argument the whole time is like, well, his comments were taken out of context. Yeah. Like, this is one random video. You don't really know what he's about. We don't see him say anything else other than things that are just, that everyone agrees are, are anti-Semitic. And so I don't understand, like, why there's such a fervor to get this guy on campus. And that's just never addressed other than them saying, like, that was taken out of context. But, like, there's no context that would make that right. Right. I don't know. Exactly. It's just a weird... It's That's hard to saying. see both like, sides. It doesn't I matter don't... what the context right. was. This is ex- word for word what he said. Yeah. Anyway, I think so... it, I think that it boils down to like a you know is hate speech considered free speech kind of an argument. But they just right. again they don't super get into it. But some things about the episode I feel like they do handle well. It's just this side of things we weren't really given a reason to be like well maybe he should maybe he should yeah. be able to be on campus. I don't think we right. really got a reason. Well, Brandon says, well, what if the Nazis want to hold a rally right. here? Yeah. Would we do that? Yeah. And Janice's argument is you're either down with the First Amendment or you're not. Right. So that's that conversation. At Kelly Donna Claire's. Donna is reading her horoscope. And it's something about, I can't even remember, something about what does she want? And then Ray enters as they're talking uh-huh. about that. He asks what his sign is and they find out through that conversation that his birthday is that friday hey he didn't she didn't she know, didn't know that his birthday was that friday and apparently he's, never thought to ask how old he was yeah so <laughs> so he says he's 25 so does that mean he's turning 25 or he's he's turning 25 and she's 19 okay <laughs> <laughs> no one's breaking no it. one's breaking any laws okay it's yeah, not a it's kelly fine. jake situation but it is it's, it's a divide it's a may december to be sure donna immediately says okay well we have to have a party mm-hmm. ray does not want a party no not interested in that at all Pass. but as soon as he walks away donna says claire we're having a party i don't know why claire has like weird 70s Lori partridge hair it is it's insane it's so strange it's weird it's, it I mean, really it really, stood out. it wasn't like a spin on a 70s cut. She really, it was like 1970s hair for no reason. Yep, yep. no reason at all. Okay. Well, I'm glad you noticed it too. <laughs> I did, yes. The library, Noah Levy is seeking out Andrea. And she, I wondered if they had some sort of history because she seems immediately uh, uncomfortable. She does. With him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he is all in her face. He's, like, leaning down yeah. over her shoulder and, like, what are you studying? Well, um, and, but, but even before she seems to recognize him, she's very, like, oh, my gosh, get away from me. And then he says the thing about, you know, I was friends with Dan Rubin. She kind of warms up a little bit. And it's kind of like, oh, I remember I who why you that are. Would make her I think she just him. is able to place him. I don't think yeah. it's his friendship with Dan. I think she's like, oh, that guy from that thing. And so right, she feels yeah. a little bit more comfortable. But Yeah. So she pretty much immediately is like collecting her stuff like oh i gotta go and noah asks well hey are you still friends with brandon can you talk to him about this whole thing we're fighting over and he gives her a tape of 
Roland Turner speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a smart move on Noah's part because once it you sure get was. Andrea going, yeah. <laughs> there is no stopping her. Yep. Cut to the Walsh house. Andrea arrives uh, at 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. uh, says hello to Jim and Cindy, and then goes upstairs to talk with Brandon. And she's she's fired up. She mm-hmm. says, how can you let this man come and speak on campus? Did you watch this video? Do you know that he said there are Jews that claim fake deaths at Auschwitz right. and blah, blah, blah. Like all this terrible Horrible stuff. Horrible stuff, yeah. And Brandon says, um, it's really, it's out of my hands. Yeah. I think they're going to, we're going to vote. And I think the Black Student Union is going to win. I think mm-hmm. they have the votes to win. Mm-hmm. Brandon says he's going to abstain Ugh. from the vote. I hate which that. Is cowardly. And Andrea is upset. She's like, well, it's in your favor to let them win because mm-hmm. then you'll probably get to stay president. Right. Yeah. And he says, you come over to lobby your point at 11 p.m. To my house, and I'm the political animal. Right. First of all, I like that Andre has a storyline. I'm excited yes, to see finally. Andre have a storyline. Her I, hair looked normal. I liked her all the. Her hair looked normal. Her <laughs> hair was just down. It, was just it norm- wasn't that weird. Just normal hair. Dwarfed thing. Yeah. She nor- right. She um, like first season Andrea. <laughs> so I liked all of the scenes between Andrea and Brandon, and I also liked just as a character thing. I like that Brandon is shown to be kind of a wuss here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the easy thing to do would have him just be like this white knight, you know? And they've certainly done that in the past to sometimes successes and other times like really awkward scenes. But I really buy that he's in this position where like he wants to be president and he kind of wants to be this thing. And he realizes that this is sort of like, if he's on the wrong side of this, he's, he's just going to look bad and that'll be it. So I really like the conflict in him of like kind of wanting to do the right thing, but caring a little bit more about his own status. I just really buy it from the character, yeah. and I think it's a cool thing they do. Nick, do you know that they've done random surveys and asked people if they believe the Holocaust happened and a crazy amount of people think it didn't actually happen i do know that and it blows my mind it blo- the number I, just, I don't have it in front of me i but don't it is understand such a large percentage of people think that it didn't actually happen and it blows my mind well that's the danger of misinformation and rewriting history to be convenient I it's know. gross i know anyway we go to the gym and it's Deshaun for apparently the final time. <laughs> I and I was so excited to see I know. him again. I hope I'm wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, so Brandon asks his opinion on the whole thing. And he says, well, what's this guy charging? Like $10,000 to appear and to speak? And Brandon's like, yeah. And he says, well, I'm suspicious of anyone who tells poor people what they want to hear for $10,000 a pop. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. A really good point. It's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. I think that I think that what's so important to remember about this episode is that these are college students. These are like all nineteen-year-olds yeah. being like, "We're adults now," and like, you know, doing things that are that they think are responsible and well thought out, but are just like the mistakes that 
college students and teenagers make, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. like you said, we've both been around colleges a lot and we know <laughs> that that's definitely a true thing that happens. So yes. <laughs> like on the one hand, you want to sort of like just be frustrated with the characters in this. But on the other hand, I feel like it's kind of true to people trying to figure out how to adult, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back at the hospital, Valerie is there to see Dylan and she and Iris are having this conversation. And again, I couldn't tell. Was she just like saying spiritualist mumbo jumbo just because she wants to get on Iris's good side? I have no idea. Was she sincere? It's really hard to tell. You don't see a drop of edge in Valerie in this whole episode. She just is all like eyebrow raised like, oh my, Dylan. Yeah, she's playing, she's playing the good girl. But again. is she or is she just rewritten? Oh. Uh, yeah, I think they backed away know. from having. I think they were like, "This is too much. Pull it back. Give Valerie well, a nice side." She wants. She wants to know if there's anything she can do. And Valerie or Iris says, "Yes. Can you go to his house and get some personal things yeah. for him, like a toothbrush and stuff, bathrobe?" And she says, "Yes, but I'll need the keys." So Iris hands over the keys. The photo shoot. Kelly is getting her makeup on. And the photographer, or the the woman in charge of the shoot, is like, "This is a your life is about to change because of this photo shoot," which Kelly is very unconvinced by that. She's like, "Uh, oh, it's just one photo. Like, it's fine. It's just one photo shoot." She, this outfit, she looks terrible. I don't know what, even in the nineties, this like insane Ann Taylor Loft vice principal outfit that she's wearing, I don't understand it. <laughs> Which is funny because then Steve and Donna arrive and Donna is like, oh, wow, I love your outfit. Yeah, but it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Kelly says they're going to be shooting on the main quad and Steve's like, I no, don't think so. Not. That's not going to happen. What's happening on mm-hmm. the main quad? Uh, cut to the main quad and there is a big protest going on. Noah is doing the worst chant I've ever heard, but something like... I don't remember. Against, I forget what he said, but it's it wasn't catchy. I see. Whatever okay. he was saying. But the, uh, there's a big protest going on about Roland Turner coming yes. to the campus. David walks by and Andrea's is there. They're handing out flyers and all sorts of stuff. And she says, David, you're Jewish. You should be invested in this. And David says, well, being Jewish has never like been an issue for me. Right. Yeah. And she says, well, of course it hasn't been an issue for you, David. You've grown up in Beverly Hills. Right. And she quotes the the story about, yeah. you know, they came for my neighbors and I said nothing. And mm-hmm. then they came for me and then no one was there to speak up for me. Yeah. And kind of leaves David with that. And well, to, it, her, to it, her point, and I guess his thinking, to his thinking, I guess, I do forget that he is Jewish. Yeah. Well, I think that was a really interesting dynamic in the scene because we've kind of talked about this before, you know, like yeah. Christmas episodes and stuff. We're like, isn't David Jewish? You know, yeah. and they don't really address it very much. But even in this scene, when, when she says that you grew up in Beverly Hills, he's like, well, maybe I just don't like to make a huge deal out of it. Sort of implying that she does, you know? Mm, yeah. And so there is a little bit of tension. And I think David is a little bit um, defensive and, these are characters who don't have a lot of scenes together, but they have this very obvious connection. And so I really liked after five seasons, you know, to sort of be like, well, let's kind of take a look at this. I thought it was a really good scene. Yeah. Nick, have I ever told you that I was on the cover of a magazine? 
<laughs> no, you have not. I was in like a full spread of a of a magazine. What was the magazine? Um, when, when I lived in Okinawa, okay. it was so it was a military like teen magazine that circulated on all the bases stuff but it was like a real sure mili- like real yeah. I, we've all um, read military team and my, my friend was a high school student and they were letting her kind of do she was um like on the yearbook and she was into journalism okay. and so they were they were letting her do this whole spread about like fun things to do on the island and so she picked me and another one of our friends and we spent a day doing this photo shoot all over the island and then uh, there's this like whole spread. I'll have to post. I'll have to find. Yeah, I have it. You will. I have a copy of it, and I'll have to find it and post pictures of it because it was it was a lot of fun. I think we should have a, a contest for listeners to win a signed copy of Kendra's <laughs> cover shoot. <laughs> I think I only have the one. Well, copy. I don't know. we'll have to see. <laughs> All well, right. congratulations! Congratulations! Yes, thank you. It was a lot of fun. At Dylan's house, Valerie is tearing the place apart, mm-hmm. looking for the good stuff. And she does find <laughs> his hidden drug stash. Yeah, it looks like a roll of beef jerky. I and I thought she was going to take it and use it yeah, for well, Yeah. But she doesn't. She flushes it immediately down the toilet. Yes. Which uh, I was surprised mm-hmm. that she did that. She's nice now. Yeah, she's nice now. She's then so the nice, doorbell rings. you guys. And it's Dylan's drug dealer uh-huh. at the door. Uh-huh. And she invites him in. Yeah. Like, he talks his way in. He's like, oh, I'm one of his old surfing buddies. Is he okay? Uh-huh. Can I, like, where is he? Can I get in touch with him? And she invites him in. Because I was trying to think, because I felt like these characters have crossed paths before. But that time that when he got out of rehab and she was there and he, like, beeped his dealer yeah. she left first and she's like you don't need me you have your little friends but i guess i really thought well, they crossed paths the one at the pool hall who comments about her when she first shows up at the pool hall with no the- i think that was another guy no. who just wore the white t-shirt and was okay. in or the white uh, tank top was in two episodes yeah. different, okay. guy. different guy different guy same you. energy <laughs> at the rally andrea is being interviewed for the news like the news is there and she's saying all these things and then some black students come in and start arguing with her they call her uh the b word on the news (laughs) they do and they're they're you know all arguing with each other and brandon and the dean are looking on like oh boy this is this is not good at all then alex comes in and is all like, wow, Brandon, you're kind of the worst president ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kelly arrives and says that they're not doing the photo shoot anymore because, you know, all this yeah. is happening on campus. And then the photographer comes up and says that she is just really, like, she's just really upset by the whole yeah. thing. Yep. Um, so, yeah, no, no more photo shoots. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, over Kelly. before it began. At the Senate meeting, Brandon walks in, they're about to start the meeting, and then they hear sirens, and then I think it's the dean who runs in and says, everybody has to get out, we've had a bomb threat. Yeah, Yeah, it is the dean, he clears things out. We go to the dean's office, and the dean is talking on the phone with the chancellor, who then they pass the phone to Brandon, and... 
the chancellor basically is like, oh, we should beef up security for yeah. this talk there, because both. I guess the vote went through. <laughs> they did vote, I guess, and Roland Turner yeah, is going to come. It's kind of unclear. So did Brandon abstain? Did he, you know, he like did we don't abstain. Really, he did. Okay. He did because Andrea talks about that later. Okay. But he abstained. Jeez, what a chicken. I know. Brandon is thinking of resigning at this point. He's like, I don't want. Hate it. I hate I it. I buy it for the character, but I really hate this whole little journey he takes. I know. And the the dean is like, please, please be joking. Like, I don't. I we really don't want you to resign. Yeah. And then the dean tells this whole story about he was one of the freedom writers and one of the first black students admitted to the University of Georgia. Yeah. Interesting backstory for the dean. And he makes a point here that throughout their whole fight for freedom, Jewish people were right with them. Right. Fighting together for this. And so it makes him very sad to see in one generation them fighting amongst each other instead Mm -hmm. of fighting Mm -hmm. together, which is an interesting point. Yeah. There's there's a lot of so many like really heavy issues in this, and uh, I mean not to jump ahead, but I, I do feel like in a lot of ways this was handled better than it typically is when they try to do a heavy episode like this. But yeah. there are still some th- things that I have trouble like connecting some dots, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a few. Uh, yeah. But as as these episodes go, this is on the you know. Oh yeah, I I think it might be these, the best. Yeah. <laughs> these kinds of episodes. At Kelly Donna Claire's, David is listening to his music very loudly. This very bad music replacement music. (laughs) And Kelly comes in, tells them the photo shoot isn't happening anymore. And that they've rescheduled the photo shoot for that Friday. And that Kelly might get the cover. Yeah. Kelly is seeming a little into the modeling thing that she didn't care about before. So because it's Friday night, she can't come to the party. And mm-hmm. so Donna's sad because Steve's not coming. Brandon's not coming because Kelly's not coming. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming. And Claire just makes the point, like, why don't we just have dinner the four Let's do us. a little dinner party, yeah. A little dinner party for Yeah, just Donna and her ex-boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend. Yeah. I, think, I think that's exactly what Ray would want. Totally normal. So. After Donna and Kelly leave to go get a present for... Ray for his birthday. David is all sad and he and Claire have a conversation about you know, he says what do you think of me being Jewish? And Claire says, well I don't really think of you as Jewish. Yeah. I don't really think of you as anything. Right. David says, so it doesn't bother you? And she says, well does it bother you? It's kind of a weird, like she doesn't really She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't seem to get the importance of it or connect it to what's happening on campus. She's just kind of like, I don't know, you know, the end. (laughs) Yeah. At Andrea's, she is on the phone talking with people about the rally and the upcoming vote and all that. Or not the vote, but the upcoming thing. And she's fired up. She's really, really into all this. And Jesse is there holding Hannah and is like, you you thrive on this stuff. You thrive on the politics and the uh, conflict. I don't know. That's not the right word. So I'm not really sure. Not really sure what Jesse's point. I don't is. get what Jesse's point is either. 
But two things. It made me think of when they started the season and we had a couple of solo Jesse scenes interacting with the gang, like bartending and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is smart. But now he's basically just like an Andrea supporting character and that's it. I think that's kind of a a weird choice when you've made him like uh, in the lead on this. But I guess I didn't like when he when he comes up and says that like Andrea is not a tolerant person. I just don't know. Yeah, he says she's good. She's smart. She's passionate. But she's not very tolerant. I just think tolerant is a is a poor choice of words for the situation. Here's where yeah. here's where my disconnect with the episode happened. Okay. Because the whole the Jewish students' whole point is that this person is anti-Semitic, but then they keep trying to make this thing about like hate, free speech and hate speech. Right. But it is hate speech. Well, right? yeah, yeah. So shouldn't she be fighting it? But then, like, Jesse and Grandma Rose are both like, well, maybe we hear him out. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, they, again, because all this sort of happens, like, off camera, we don't get anything from Roland himself. We only get this right. old tape, which everybody acknowledges is an old tape, and he's made some, tried to make amends for it later on. And so I think somewhere along the way, you were supposed to get that, like, this was a low point, and he's learned from that. And now let's not hold him. And it's I, not you know clear. what I'm saying? It's yeah. not clear. That's what I mean. It's it's not. And I don't know why. Like if you're going to do this, it almost needs to be a two-parter. And I don't really understand not having Roland be a character at all because it's yeah. all about his credibility. That's really what it's all about. And yeah. we just don't have any information other than like five seconds on a tape and what different people say. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's continue. Okay. To the Walsh house. Brandon and Jim and Cindy are watching the news and it's Andrea giving her impassioned speech on the news and Brandon can't watch it anymore. He says that Andrea is supposed to be his friend, but she made him look like a fool because she's, you know, in all of it and keeping it all going. And Jim has a line here that I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He says... You're a white male in a world where the power structure is becoming less male and less white every day. Which, first of all, if he really thought that in the early 90s, that's adorable. That's so cute. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, (laughs) wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, today in 2020, we're still fighting because the power structure is all white and all male. Right. But... but let's just let's just accept that that's what Jim thought in that moment. I still don't understand what he's saying. Is he saying like, "Hey, it's hard to be a white man in power." Like is that what he's saying? I don't like what he's I think it is. I think I think I, he was saying I like think maybe they were trying I don't know. I thought maybe they were trying to make it like this isn't your fight and you don't understand because you're not either of these groups. Yes, but it possible. Doesn't come off that. It doesn't no, it come doesn't. Off that way. It doesn't. But I think it's also hard to look at that kind of thing from our lens, like thirty years later. Yeah. You know, it's kind of. Yeah, it's I a wondered. Crazy line. I wondered it's if you'd have any more insight line. because all I could get out of it was basically what I said. You know, that it's like he's saying, "Hey, it's tough out there, champ." You know, <laughs> uh, but but yeah. maybe maybe he's saying like you don't have the perspective to have this conversation, but I don't really think so. I. Pff, I don't know. It was a weird line. I had to pause it 
and go back so that I could write word for word what yeah. you said because I was just like, all right. Yeah. Okay, that's a line. You know, I really think that that was, that was in the air then, you know, that that kind of thing was changing. And then it didn't. But I feel like maybe there was kind of a thought that like we're we're just about to kind of take strides in this area and we're seeing little signs of progress and stuff. So maybe maybe but it was Brandon, just overly optimistic. Brandon's but response to him saying that is times they are a changing, and he says it like Ugh. if only white men could stay in power forever. I know that's how he says it that's, is. That's what his response I know. sounds like. I know it's a weird. It's a weird thing. Yes. I don't know why they put that in there. 902 and here we go does not endorse the idea that only white men should stay in power. Yeah. <laughs> we are distancing Very ourselves that. from that quote. <laughs> <sighs> At the hospital, Valerie told the drug dealer where to find Dylan. And now he's here all up in his face. And Brandon's having all these flashbacks of him in his dream. Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. Who did I say? Brandon. Brandon. Sorry. Dylan is having all these flashbacks and he like grabs his IV, IV and like like he's gonna pinch it yeah and says when the cops come to arrest you because they're going to come and arrest you you need to leave me out of it mm-hmm. forget that you knew me and then Iris comes in and he plays <laughs> off like their friends. It's and, funny though, because Iris comes in and he's like, "Hey, now you get better here. We sure miss you out on the waves." Okay, bye. It was really funny. I thought it was great. Yeah. On campus the next morning, Brandon and Andrea are having a walk and talk, and Andrea apologizes to Brandon. Oh, good, great. Not unnecessary. Brandon's the the flip the. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, again. What's it called when you're a, isn't it a fish? Some sort of fish? Hmm. Some sort of fish. I don't. I don't. But, Never I mean, Brand, Brandon is the one who's in power. Brandon is the one who had the authority to do something. And she's not wrong. So mm-hmm. I don't understand the apology. But that's sort of par for the course with Brandon and Andrea. You know, mm-hmm. she has to yeah. apologize for being confident and capable. Yeah, so she's saying that her she's told Noah that she doesn't think the Jewish students should like march into the room right. while Roland Turner is doing his speech. That would just be, you know, a bloodbath. And Brandon says that Janice wants to talk with her about, you know, have a dialogue about these issues. Yeah. So well, he's, he says, suggests okay. they meet and, and Andrea's like, she'd never go for that. And Brandon's like, girl, it was her idea. So they're going to so have a little conference. So they walk up to the Maccabee Center, and someone has spray-painted swastikas all over the Maccabee Center. Yes. And let's put a pin in this moment here, because I don't fully understand who did it. Yeah. Because I don't think it's the Black Student Union. Like, I don't think it's students from that group. Do you? Because why? Because, yeah, because their whole point is that he is not anti-Semitic. Right, that that was like a taken out of context quote that's being circulated. Right, so why would they do so, that? So, but, but, I mean, it does make sense. It does make sense if you have students or whatever, people out there who just hold strong anti-Semitic viewpoints, and when you hear that, like, somebody is going to come and sort of, like, be on your side and popularize mm-hmm. this. <laughs> I wish I could think of a modern example of how this kind of thing <laughs> could happen. But I know. 
I think if you have a group of people out there who hold those feelings and, you, and you're inviting somebody to campus who legitimize that and makes it okay, then I think it gives people permission to sort of come out from under their rocks and do something mm-hmm. despicable like this. Right. But yeah. again, I think you have to get into that in the episode. Otherwise, you're sort of left to assume that it was like, you know, a, a group from the Black Student Union who did this, and that's just completely against the whole conversation. So this this was one where I was like, it's a good moment. It's certainly a dramatic moment, but like without context, it feels a little cheap to me. Yeah. To be throwing around swastikas. Yeah. Yes. So Dean Trimble wants to immediately paint over the swastikas, get him out of there. But the Jewish students do. They want to leave him up until after Roland Turner speaks, because Brandon says they want to remind people that that it can happen again. Yeah. That eight can make these awful things happen mm-hmm. um so yeah. janice janice tries to talk to andrea and say this was not you know this was not us this right. was not everyone in our group right we wouldn't do this and she again says that that video was not a true reflection of who roland turner is and andrea says well why don't why don't we show him the video of my grandmother being interviewed about her time in a concentration camp and right. see if he's with that? Uh huh. And she kind of leaves on that note. The hospital. Dylan is out of the bed. He's sitting in a chair. So he's, in his bathrobe that Valerie yeah. brought. <laughs> and he is saying that he doesn't want to tell Jamie about his dreams because they will certainly have him committed if he tells her those things. Yeah, I mean, that's a crazy thing to think. Yeah, Like, you while in a coma, you had a dream that your dead dad was trying to help you. I mean, that's... I think it'd be weird if you didn't have that dream. Yeah. <laughs> considering the situation, but, you know. Yeah. Dylan thinks he needs something more than AA because he's tried it, it didn't work. He, needs, he says he needs something unconventional. And that is like... That, I mean, that's just like honey for Iris. She's like, unconventional. Oh, my. <laughs> She's ready. She's ready to find She's it. She's calling he, the spirits as we speak. He's going to eat so many crystals. Do you eat them? <laughs> I don't really know how it works. Sure. You grind them into <laughs> a fine powder. Take it with um, orange juice, I've heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, he says, well, it's got to be cheap because I don't have any money. And she says, don't worry about the money. Mm-hmm. And he makes a comment here about the message she left on his answering machine yeah, back yeah. when he lost all the money. And she says, even a spiritualist can have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Back at Kelly. Kendra, I want that as a music box craft. I want a picture of Iris, and I want it to say, even a spiritualist can have a bad day on it. I want it. Special <laughs> okay. order. That sounds like a needlepoint kind of thing. Okay. We should enlist our, our friend Sally. If you're offering. Oh, sure. Yeah, Sally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need a point. No. Oh, okay. At Kelly Donna Claire's, David and Claire come in to say that, sorry, they're going to go and be at the protest right. that night because David feels like he doesn't do any of the other, he doesn't observe any of the other Jewish things. He feels like he needs to be part of this and mm-hmm. needs to do something. So poor Donna, she is left with, no one. She says, "Ugh, he had to go find religion tonight. <laughs> of all night. <laughs> Donna does jokes. Yeah. At, I guess it's Andrea's. Grandma Rose is there. I don't know what house they're at. And they're, they're saying a prayer for the Sabbath, and they're about to eat. And 
Andrea takes Grandma Rose into the other room and is saying, like, I know this must be really hard for you to see all this because of what you went through um, during the Holocaust. And they have this conversation about Grandma Rose's point is, you know, if an if a person is anti-Semitic, then you need to, you know, there's no helping him. There's no point in engaging in the conversation. But because this man is very interested in the good of his community, and then he's an anti-Semite, we should listen to him and give him a chance. Right. Did I get that right? That that's her... I was glad that you were going to say it, not me. But she's basically saying, like, if there's if there's still hope that we could, like, get him to see the light, we should try. Like, and that's, that's kind of the gist, right? I guess. <laughs> I... I don't know. I... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> okay, back at Kelly, Donna Claire's. Ray arrives for his birthday dinner, and Donna is all sad because nobody's there, and she explains, well, Claire and David were going to stay, and we were going to have dinner, and Ray's like, I don't even like Claire and David. <laughs> <laughs> Ray speaking that, for all of us in that moment. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. It was funny. So he he's happy. It's just the two of them. Yeah, but I like. Why would Donna ever tell him like, "Hey, I invited all my friends and they all bailed." Just be like, "Look, it's a sexy dinner for the two of us." Yeah. Donna, by the way, is wearing the shortest dress a human can wear. It's very short. The shortest dress. I don't know how she walks. Very short. Very short. And she goes to the other room to get his present, and ta-da! It is a guitar. A very expensive guitar. A Gibson ES-335. Look at you. And I thought for sure, when she comes in with that guitar, I thought, oh, this is going to be a big fight where he's going to be like, I don't need your charity, Donna. I have my pumpkins. You know, but we didn't. (laughs) My pumpkins are all I need. (laughs) I'll make my strings out of the the strings in the pumpkin. And I'll use a seed as a pick. (laughs) You really ran with that. You really ran with that. (laughs) Thank you. Google pumpkin guitar and see what comes up. <laughs> um, but no, it just it just leads to some kissing. He's he's happy about it. Yeah. So and he every time they're like he's like oh this must have cost you a fortune. I'm like really what job does Donna have? Right. Where's she getting her? <laughs> She's money? bankrolled. She's bankrolled by yeah. the Martins. Okay, the final scene here at the Black Student Union. They're waiting on Roland Turner to arrive. The Jewish students are behind a line of security with, they're all holding candles and just standing silently Yeah. as the um, students are gathering in the union. And Brandon is on the news kind of saying, you know, everyone has agreed that to be civil. Yeah. And as you can see, that's what's happening. And the journalist tries to ask him something else, and he says, well, the only thing that's happening is this interview's over. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, walks away. He tells her, why don't you go chase a fire or something and walks yeah, away. Yeah, go chase a fire or something. <laughs> I have a logistical complaint here, Kendra. It's a nitpick. Okay. Okay. They had a cloth banner printed that said Roland Turner was speaking. I don't know what their banner budget is, but those are pricey. Those they are have pri- Leslie, they have Leslie no see. I guess. I guess so. Banners. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> No way. Janice and Brandon are talking, and Janice thanks Brandon for all that he's done. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. He's so done just so nothing. Much. Yeah. He's done so much uh-huh. for them. What a help. And 
Brandon here has, I think, maybe. Oh the, my gosh. Uh, the line that. The is, line of the century. To today. No, it cannot. Where he says, next time you want to have a speaker, you should invite Bill Cosby. I I almost lost it. Like I laughed right out loud. A big blast. Yeah, why don't you have Bill Cosby instead of this guy? Oh my gosh. That might win for the like the most funny unintentional joke ever. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Things don't always age well on this show, but that one was just like wah wah wah. Nope. nope. Andrea arrives and she brought Grandma Rose with her. Yes. Grandma Rose wasn't going to come, but here she is. And she's talking with Noah and says that they're going to go inside and listen. Mm -hmm. And Noah's like, oh, that's great. No one will do anything to you if you have your grandma with you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, Noah. Yeah, yeah. See you bye, later. Bye, 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 bye. So she goes up to Janice and says, you know, is it okay? We're going to go inside and listen. And Janice is like, great, but you have to sit next to me. Oh, resolution? <laughs> like in, a nice, in a nice way. Like, you can only come in if you sit next to me. Resolution, question mark? Maybe. And um, Janice is then talking to Grandma Rose and says that she would love to see the interview that she did about the Holocaust. Yeah. So showing that, you know, there's no hate and on that side of things and then we look over brandon looks over and sees david is there and he and andrea are kind of sharing this yeah, moment. this moment mm -hmm. brandon says he wants to watch the video of grandma rose as well oh yes yes mm -hmm. and uh that is the end of the episode yes yes it is what's the verdict kendra what did you think it's tough, but I, I do think that of all these episodes where we're like, well, they touched on this subject yeah. and did nothing with it. I do think that they they did something this time. Right. Like, I think they brought up some points that are important. Um, I don't think that at all of it made sense. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. I, I just it's the kind of thing where you can't take shortcuts and a couple of shortcuts were made that kind of makes you be like, But wait, but why? You know, I don't think that negates the point of the episode, but I think, you know, there are some things that could have been explained a little bit better to make it more of a of a conversation. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree. It's such a strange because the last two episodes have just been like bonkers primetime soap opera dylan's crazy dreams dylan's crazy intervention and then we have this episode which feels like it's just from another season like this feels yeah. like a season four episode that's tossed in here so yeah i did enjoy it i mean i was i don't actually have a lot of notes for this because i was really like oh my gosh just kind of like watching it all unfold so yeah. i did i did really like it i did really like it um there's some good stuff i agree and you know every time we have an episode like this i always I, you know, I'm just always like so aware of my like maleness and my whiteness and like just like being outside of this kind of conversation that I always feel awkward about like talking about it because I don't want to like stumble into uncomfortable territory and say the wrong thing. But I just think, you know, I, I do appreciate that they are at least being socially conscious enough to try to get this kind of thing out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's nice having Andrea have a, storyline yeah. that is outside of her being a mom yeah um, or outside of hannah again um and i feel like the last time we addressed her being jewish and everything was with dan and talking about like oh i thought you were going to join this story right. because you're jewish and yeah 
that kind of didn't really go anywhere. So yeah. I feel like they did a better job with it. It just seems like a very real portrayal because you're always aware, you know, where Andrea stands and what her background is. And, you know, like that, that's a, that's a major part of the character. And, um, I was, I was looking this up a little bit and I found a really interesting article on a site called HeyAlma.com, uh, which is a, it's a feminist Jewish culture site, online community with lots of articles and things. This article is called Beverly Hills 90210 was low key incredible at addressing Jewish, Jewish issues. It's written by Emily Scott and was published March, or sorry, May 14th, 2021. The subheading is the hit teen show addressed anti-Semitism and Jewish identity in a way that I've rarely, if ever, seen on Main Street television. And I just found it to be a really interesting, uh, yeah. you know, if funny, insightful kind of article. So we'll put that on the Twitter and everything. But it was nice to, it was nice to see from a different perspective how this episode would be viewed and interpreted. Yes, for sure. For Ooh. sure. Woo. You know, I wonder if um, I've, I lis- I've been listening to a lot of office ladies and hearing them talk about how they'll film things and then they'll kind of like cut and paste things. Yeah. And the Dylan stuff is I don't think they even mentioned Dylan in the other stuff. No, so I you're right. Wonder when they filmed it all, like when they decided that where this episode would go. Oh, maybe they didn't film it. in that's order, a good point. That's a good point. Dylan stuff and they kind of spliced it in. Yeah, because Valerie, yeah. none of the players in that Valerie Iris Dylan ever. You're right. They never even they're not mentioned by the others. Nothing. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Could so be. I wonder what the decisions were. Could be there about what scenes to put in the same episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, Kendra, besides being here, you can catch me every, every other week on The Sandorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. What about you, Kendra? What are you up to? Oh, you know, lots of stuff. I am MissMuseBox91 on Twitter, and I have a website, MissMuseBox.com, and an Etsy page, MissMuseBox Crafts. Hey, Christmas is coming up. Halloween's coming up. Good point. What t-shirts do you want? What, uh, Let her know. What all sorts of other stuff do you want? Go go look at my website and yeah. I can help you out. Uh, I am also the co-host of the podcast Nineties Music Got Me Like, where each week we talk about a different nineties song, and this week we're talking three. That's exciting. Three. I Actually, saw what next, this episode. Well, next week, upcoming. I saw what this one was about. The uh, the three nineties James Bond theme. Songs. Pretty exciting. All good. All choice songs. Yeah. So because the new James Bond is finally. Yeah, coming out in it's been a minute after being it? delayed, after all all the stuff yep. is finally coming out. Yep. So yeah, so head over there. You can join us next time as we continue our nine hundred two and zero discussion with season five, episode twelve, Rock of Ages. Heads up, this is not on streaming, so you'll have oh, to find alternate means. But we will do it for you, listeners. <laughs> nine hundred two, and here we go.